Hi, I'm Wayne Hines and the pastor of Grace Church Australia. Thanks so much for checking out this podcast. We hope it is inspirational and it equips you to make known the name of Jesus. You can stay connected with us during the week by going to gracegathering.online. It's good to be here. This is very much like Shorelife Church. Um, our church in Mornington, we, we had revival for about three weeks and we had 40 people. Um, but most of the time that we were there, we had between 10 and 20 people. Um, Mornington is a beautiful place to live and a really tough place to pastor. It, it, um, in Mornington, people will spend one and a half, two million dollars for a house to knock it down and rebuild something else. It's, it's got a lot of money there. It's also got a lot of poverty. Mornington itself... Um, is very much, and, and for the whole time we were there, very much was ruled by witchcraft, by Buddhism, and by a lot of New Age stuff. Debbie and I went down there in 2007, and one of the first things we did was rang the council up because they had a community information directory, and we said, can we have our church in your information directory? Sure thing. Yeah, that'd be great. Fantastic. What's the name of the church? Shorelife Church. What's your name? Ian and Debbie Wood. What's your contact details? All the rest of it. Where are you meeting? When are you meeting? All the rest of it. And they said, one last question before we advertise it. What denomination are you? And we said, oh, we're with Australian Christian churches. No, never heard of that. We're, we're a bit reluctant to advertise a church that we don't know the denomination of. I said... Okay, and I knew what was coming. I said, it used to be called the AOG, Assemblies of God. The next five minutes, I was abused and screamed at from the other end of the phone, told we weren't wanted, told to get out of town, pack our bags, leave, go back where you came from. We do not want another one of those churches in this town. Debbie and I knew because we had already been told that the church, the AOG church before us, it had been closed for about five years, um, had a history of, uh, and I'm aware that there's some young ears, um, some, it had some stuff going on with the male pastor that he ended up going to jail for. The AOG church before that, the pastor left his wife and lived with the organist and the pianist. The church before that had other sexual immorality. So it was a really, really spiritually tough place to pastor. Um, we came to realise that the reason we were there was not so much to pastor Shorelife Church, but to pastor the community and to pray into the spirit realm about what was going on. And we saw great things happen down there. I'm really excited about Wayne's news that you're moving into your own building? Lease building, yeah, but it's, it's yours 24-7. I, I, can't, I cannot encourage you enough to get on board with that. It will bring such a difference to this church and to the community when you put your stake in the ground and say, we are here. You're there 24-7 the community will start to know even more about you. But guess what? The enemy will start to get rattled. 
He does not like it when the church takes off, when the church takes ground, when the church starts to grow. And so he will, don't be surprised if there's a bit of niggle, a bit of ruffling of the feathers, a bit of un, unrest, a bit of opposition, a bit of pushback from the community. You'll get that because the enemy doesn't want you to be there. But guess what? It's your territory. It's God's territory. It's not the enemy's. You're going there to put your stake in the ground to declare that Jesus is Lord and that he has dominion over Morissette and the Morissette Peninsula, not the enemy. Amen? Amen. Um, I have a message. I don't know if I'm going to get to it, Wayne, because I, I just felt to share from Joshua 1 a little bit. Because you're going into something new. And Joshua is... The story of Joshua starts as Moses dies. I'm not saying that Wayne's about to die. (laughs) Before I was a pastor, I was a registered nurse for 30 years. Um, But I don't come here with a, a health warning for Wayne. But... The nation of Israel were being led by Moses and for, for a number of years, 40 years, Moses led the people. And then one day, God says, come up on top of the mountain, I want to show you something. And God shows him everything that he has promised him, the whole land. And he says to Moses, that's what I promised you, but you're not going to inherit it. You're not moving into it. You're not going to have that. But someone else is Joshua. Now, I don't know what the... How long has this church been going for, Wayne? 35 years. Wow, 35 years. So previous pastors, God would have promised something to them. He would have given them a promise of something in the future. He would have said, this is where I'm leading you. This is where I'm taking you. This is what I want to give you. But it wasn't for them to inherit it. It's for Wayne and Jackie, your pastors, to lead you into it. And God says, said this to Joshua and, and the Israelites, and he says it to you too. Get ready to cross into the land I'm about to give you. I will give you every place where you set your feet. As I have promised... The previous senior pastors. Your, your territory will extend from wherever it is to wherever it is. No one, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Grace Church, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. God is taking you into your inheritance He is taking you to where you belong. He is taking you to where he has set aside for you. Did you know that from the beginning of eternity, and we all know there is no such thing as the beginning of eternity, but from as far back as you can imagine in your mind, before any of us were created, before this land had been settled by anyone, God had purposed Grace Church, to be a dominant, significant, 
influential church in the township of Morissette. And you're about to cross over into that. And it says that wherever you set your feet, God will give you. So whatever you set your mind to, whatever Wayne and Jackie say, this is what we're going to do now. This is our vision. This is, where this is our ministry. These are the people we're going to reach. This is what we're going to do. We're going to start these programs. We're going to do this, that, the other. God has already given it to you. It says in, the, in what I read, it says, God said to, to Moses and Joshua, I will give it to you. Guess what? In the original language, it doesn't say that. In the original language, it says, I have already given it to you. So whatever your dreams are, whatever your vision, whatever your thoughts about when you move into wherever it is, God has already given it to you. He has gone before you. He has established the work there. He has already arranged coincidental meetings with whoever you need to meet with in terms of council meetings, business leaders in the community, people just walking along the street who one day will walk in the front door of the church and be saved. Hallelujah. God has already ordained it. He has already arranged it. And he will bring it to pass in his time because he says in his word... I have given you wherever you set your feet. Wherever you set your feet. Guess what? This isn't all about Wayne and Jackie. This is for all of you. This is God's future for all of you. Some of you have been in the church 35 years. Would that be correct? Who's been here that long? 35 years, a couple of you, who's been here 20 years, 10 years, yeah, so there's some, there's some, um, I was going to say old hands, that's not very nice, is it? (laughs) There's some people that have been in the church for a long time and I'll guarantee you've been praying and dreaming and thinking, hoping it's about to happen, God is about to take you into all that you have been praying for. He's about to take you into all that you've been hoping for. He's about to give you those things, those dreams that you've held in your heart. He's about to give them to you. He's about to elevate this church to a place of significance and prominence in the township of Morissette. I remember the the day that we, Shore Life Church, we used to meet in lots of different places, a little bit like this, community centres. We met in the golf club. That was really nice meeting in the golf club, except that the windows behind me looked out over the 18th hole, Port Phillip Bay, Melbourne CBD in the, in the distance, the skyline. And people would just watch that. Oh. That's really nice. I could have been up there reciting Mary Had a Little Lamb. They wouldn't have known. I had to shut the blinds so they couldn't see. We met in a Masonic Hall for two years. 
And then we got our own place. It was a lease, like the same as Wayne's talking about. We moved into our own building and the difference that made was significant. It didn't... Our numbers didn't go through the roof. You know, we didn't become the biggest church in Victoria. Yeah. I had, I had, when we went down there in 2007, I had this arrangement with God that we would plant the church and at the end of 12 months we'd have 100 people and at the end of two years we'd have 200 and at the end of three years we'd have 300. I was pretty much sure that he was going to increase the church in increments of 100 every year. God had different ideas. God said, no, 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 you're not going to be like that. And Debbie and I would often spend time in prayer with God. God, how can we grow our church? What can we do to get more people to come? Perhaps you've had those sorts of thoughts over this church. And God would say to us every time, there is nothing you can do to grow your church. I just want you to love the people I bring. And God brought us witches. God brought us people addicted to all sorts of drugs. God brought us people who had been victims of molestation. God brought to us people who had seen their husband, their father murdered. God brought to us people who were involved in the Melbourne underworld. We had Melbourne underworld's biggest ice cook in our church for two years. People who were broken, people who were damaged, people who were dysfunctional, and God brought them to our church. Not because Ian and Debbie are such great pastors. We're just, you know, a couple of people, same as you. We all put our pants on before our shoes. God brought people to us that needed to be loved. And so we set about loving the people that God brought. And we realised that God was never going to grow Shorelife to a big church because we had people who were really, really, really hard to love. So don't fall for the lie that church has to be big. The Holy Spirit is here. God is here. God is moving. God will use this church to do what he wants to do on this peninsula. And he is positioning you for his purposes. God is going to put you right where he needs you to be. The people of Israel were frightened. They were scared. They didn't necessarily want to cross over. You know the story, the Jordan River stood between where they were and the land they had to occupy and the Jordan River was in flood. And God said to them, I want you to cross over. And he didn't say, I want you to build a bridge. He didn't say, go upstream where it's not so wide and wild. He said, I want you to cross over right here, right at this point where it's in full flood. And I want you to watch your leaders go down, your spiritual leaders go down and step 
into the flood and then follow them through. God is saying to Wayne and Jackie and the leadership of this church, it's time to cross over. It's time to leave what is comfortable, what is familiar, what you like. It's time to leave there and it's time to go and step into what might be a, a, a raging torrent of discomfort, uncertainty, challenges, all sorts of things might be going on. But God is saying, it's time. It's time to cross over. And, and I, I'm not saying that anyone here or anyone online is not getting behind Wayne and Jackie, but I know the way the enemy works. And he will start to plant seeds of doubt in some of your minds. He'll start to kneel. He'll start to... There'll be start, little words of criticism will start to come in. Push them aside. Push them out. Push them down. Reject them in the name of Jesus because Wayne and Jackie are great leaders, great pastors. The leadership of this church is great. I can sense that just being here this morning, I can sense that this is a great family of believers and God has great things in store for you. But it doesn't exist here. It exists on the other side. And God wants you to walk into all that he has for you. All that he has for you. See, he showed Moses everything he had. But Moses couldn't walk into it. Joshua, this young buck, this young kid who'd been hanging around with Moses all the years and suddenly Moses goes up the mountain and didn't come down. And Josh is left there thinking, oh, what's going on? Who's, who's going to lead us now? It's you, Josh. You're going to lead us. And so Joshua had to lead them into the, un, the great unknown, into all of the uncertainty. And I know that if I was in this church, I'd be happy to follow Wayne. Wayne's a great guy. He's a great leader, great pastor. Amen. Can we have more than one amen? <laughs> there were some things that they had to do to get ready to cross over. And maybe there's some stuff that God wants to do in your heart. And I'm talking to you individually now, not as a church. So whether you're here in person or online, maybe, maybe God's saying to you, maybe you've felt a bit of a, a, a nudge, a bit of a prompting, a little bit of a, oh, that's getting a bit uncomfortable from God as he wants to prepare you for what's to come, as he wants to prepare you for the next thing. Debbie and I... Um, know well the language of being unsettled. God uses the language of being unsettled with us a lot. He had us feeling really unsettled in 2004. And we started talking because um, Debbie and I came, come from Macquarie Life Church, 
Mark and Roz there are the senior pastors. And, and Mark was in a season of church planting. And Debbie and I started saying, oh, the next church he plants will be in Melbourne. We talked about that for a while and then we said, oh, it'll be, it'll be um, such and such a couple. They'll, they'll go down. They went off and planted somewhere else. It'll be such and such a couple. They love Melbourne. They'll go there. Then one day we were sitting at the dining room table having tea and one of us, I can't remember which one of us it was, said, I reckon, I reckon God's going to send us down there. I reckon it could be us that are going to go to Melbourne. And about three months later on the 24th of March, we were sitting in church, I think it was the 24th of March, something like that. We were sitting in church, Mark was preaching and I was sitting down about two-thirds of the way back. And I'll, I'll be honest, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Until I heard Mark say, he was preaching and then he stopped preaching and he said, Ian and Debbie, I think you've got a church in you. And then he went back to preaching. Two nights later, we were in his land room and he said, God told me to plant a church in Melbourne and to send the two of you down. Now, we knew that that was coming because God had been unsettling us. And so we went down to Mornington. And there was bits of unsettling all the way through there. But then one day in 2019, I think it was, we were at a, a, a regional pastors and leaders conference and Russell Evans was speaking at it. Russell Evans from Planet Shakers Church. And Russell Evans just made a, a comment, an aside, about the fact that he and his wife lived in a unit in um, Melbourne CBD. And we instantly both knew that we were to sell our house. And so we sold our house and we bought a townhouse in, in Mornington. And we didn't know why we were there. And we were, there were three townhouses, wheel number three, right at the top of the end of the driveway. And we'd been there about six months and one Saturday morning I was walking down the driveway and I walked past townhouse number two, Roger and Rhonda lived there. And I heard this almighty scream come out of townhouse two. And being the great pastor that I am, I kept on walking. And I went down and I did some gardening or whatever and I came back and I said to Debbie, don't know what's going on next door, but Rhonda's let out an almighty scream, a wail, a cry, whatever. Found out later on that day that Roger had just discovered the body of his elder, their eldest son. He'd committed suicide. And so for the next 12 months, we pastored Roger and Rhonda through their grief. See, there are times when God moves you and you don't know why. You don't have a clue why God is moving you. Some of you probably will be thinking, I don't know why we have to leave here. We like it here. It's, an, it's across the road from the shops. I can go shopping after church on a Sunday. It's great. We love it. Why do we have to go to a place that Wayne won't tell us where it is? <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I just don't. I don't get it. Why do we have to do that? 
trust God because God knows the people he wants you to minister to there. God knows who will be walking down the street one Sunday and they'll hear the music coming out. When we're, when we're in worship, and here's, here's one thing about me and worship. I, I often just stand there with my hands in my pockets. It's not because I'm disinterested. It's not because I'm tuned out. It's because for me, hands in pocket is the most relaxed and surrendered posture I can come up with. See, I was a, I said before, I was a registered nurse. I worked, my specialty was mental health. I worked at James Fletcher Hospital for 30 years. Call it what you will. Um, it went by a lot of names, but that's where I nursed. And anyone who's worked in mental health knows that you don't stand with your hands in your pockets unless you want to get your face punched in. Um, so for me to stand with my hands in my pockets is a very... It's total surrender, total reliance, total trust on God. So, but I, so I just say that because some people look at people with hands in their pockets in worship and think, oh, he's not even worshipping. But when we're standing here and we're worshipping this morning, oh, God just showed me when you move into your new building that the sound of his name is going to go forth out of that building and it's going to fill the main street of Morissette. It's going to fill the side streets of Morissette Township. It's going to go into the police station, however far that might be. It's going to go across to the, or down to, or up to the train station. His name is going to be going out into the community because this church is prepared and willing and brave enough to take that step into the great unknown. Knowing this, that God will stop everything that tries to come against you. Everything that the enemy tries to throw against you, God will stop it. You know, it says that the Jordan was in flood. You look at the Jordan when it's not in flood and it looks like a creek. It's, you know, you could step across it. But when it's in flood, it's really, really, really in flood. It's wide, 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 wide. I, I grew up in a little place on the mid-north coast called Kalungaluk. Don't know if heard it, every, anyone's heard of Kalungaluk. Loved it. And as you drive towards Kalungaluk, just north of Wooten, you go over a little bridge... And it says Kalungluk River. And you look down there and it's like two metres wide at the best. And people think, oh, river. What they don't know is if you go down to the back of Kalungluk, down to the, where the river is, it's a kilometre wide. And that's a bit like the Jordan in flood. The Jordan in flood is a very, very wide river. And so to step into that, you had to be really brave. You had to be really certain that God was with you. But it says that as soon as they stepped in, everything coming against them stopped. It stopped upstream. And they were able to cross over on dry ground. 
dry ground, think of it. The river's been in flood. It's full of water. I don't know what your backyard is like, but my backyard at the moment is like squelch, 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 mud everywhere. Imagine trying to cross the Jordan River, walking through that kind of mud, only it'd be even worse. You'd be up to your knees before you, before you started. But they crossed on dry ground. God not only stopped what the opposition that was coming against them, he changed conditions so they crossed on dry ground. God will stop any opposition coming against you and he'll give you a, a firm path to walk on, to cross through. You've just got to trust God, hang on to him and believe that he is in control. Amen? It says in Joshua 1 verse 9, I have commanded you, this is God speaking, I have commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Amen. God is with you. God is good. God has gone before you. God is coming behind you. God is all around you. God is all over this church. And he has got an amazing future for you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. To hear more podcasts from Grace Church Australia, make sure you subscribe and stay connected by going to gracegathering.online.